host is which, but for now, my name is Sean, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts. Stop it again. That was fucking that was brilliant. Nope. That was good. That no. was so rich and nice. Do it again. Uh, what, Why? What did I do wrong? Just do it again. Tell me what I did wrong. He didn't hit record. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker. That was the Faster best intro I've ever had. No, no, no. It was there, but it wasn't Sean. Get yourself excited. Come on. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Welcome to season three of Three and a Half Gentlemen, the podcast where three of the four hosts provide a refined and intellectual analysis of movies from our private collections, and one of us tries desperately to keep up. We'll let you decide which host is which, but for now, my name is Sean, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Jeremiah. I don't wear shoes. They make me fall down. <laughs> Eddie? Use your hips. Just use your hips. <laughs> And Brandon. Fussy, 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 fussy. <laughs> Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. <laughs> this season, each host will pick a film from each decade, from the 70s to today, that exemplifies that time period. Some of the films will be underrated, others will be classics, while others still will be overrated piles of cinematic crap. Like Point Break. Yes. To finish, to, Jesus. <laughs> to finish off it each decade, the hosts will have a group pick that is sure to delight. As with every review we give, our goal is to answer one simple question. How many drinks does it take to get through each film we've just watched? At the end of the podcast, we'll rate the movie based on a scale of zero to five. Zero is a perfect film you can watch Stone Cold Sober, and five is a terrible film that leaves you hankering for a parent tablet without which you just couldn't go on. You got the Nathan Lane. That was really good. That was actually really good. (laughs) That was good. In addition to our review, (laughs) we always pair our selection with a cocktail that we hope will enhance the viewing experience. This season, we want to focus a little bit more on the cocktail. So please feel free to shake, stir, and mix the cocktail that we've chosen and settle in for what we hope will be an engaging review. With that, gentlemen, what do we have on the dance floor this evening? Ah, tonight, we have our first entry into our 90s film series, and this is Sean's pick. What up, 90s? Which what is up, 90s? 1996's The Birdcage. This Robin Williams classic is rated a 7.1 on IMDb and has a critic score of 81% and an audience score of 81%. I thought that was on weird. Rotten Tomatoes. I know. It was it was 81, 81. So the story is about a gay cabaret owner played by the incomparable Robin Williams and his companion played masterfully by Nathan Lane, also known as, maybe best known as... You can say Mouse Hunt. Timon. Oh, yes, it is. Why would you, would you Mouse Hunt? Because that's some obscure I have not movie think, you would I haven't thought of that one in so oh, years. Jesus, you pulled that My one out of the gosh. vault. <laughs> I don't even remember that that was an actual movie. <laughs> oh, man. Mouse Hunt. Oh. That movie? <laughs> I think it's Stuart Little for a second. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, going back to that one, uh, they agree to put up a false straight front so that their son can introduce them to his fiance's right-wing Sean-like parents. Sean-like <laughs> The cast is rounded out with an A-list cast. Inclu- the cast is Sorry like, about that. With A-list <laughs> actors, including yeah. the, really the one and only Gene Hackman, Diane Wiest, and, hey, Allie McBeal. Calista She's Flockhart. in here, Calista Flockhart. And she's cute. <laughs> she's she's she adorable. She's so cute. She is, and Jeremiah weigh in on her cuteness. Oh, yeah, because Harrison Ford is like totally like married to her and shit. So, oh, yeah. gosh, that's true. That's so and, true. And last time we did, we, did the, we, did, we did Empire. So it's just we're now shipping people together. Yes. Is that what we're doing now? <laughs> that's what we're doing. <laughs> Jeremiah, take us through first. Uh, before we get into our cocktail selection, we need to first talk about whose film this is. And additionally, what our initial impressions of the movie were before sitting down to watch it. Since this is Sean's pick for the 90s. He will go first. So Sean? I really have been wanting to do a Robin Williams movie. I love Robin Williams. He's just fantastic. And I had a bunch to to go from. Uh, we could have done Hook. We could have done Doubtfire. Miss Doubtfire. Doubtfire. Um, hunting. But Mouse. Uh, I. So this is a movie that I grew up on, which is hysterical. But I because I grew up in a very conservative household. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and my parents love this movie. And this is one of those ones that just kind of. I remember watching as a kid and just laughing my ass off the entire time. And now that I was an adult, I literally sat on the couch and laughed my ass off. You probably know <laughs> one in the 45. jokes more. Oh, I could hit, recite the movie different. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Eddie, your first impression. Um, I was, I, I remember the last time I watched this movie, I was, it was 1999 or 90, when was the movie came out? 96. 96. 96. I think it was so about I was August. A, I, was a, I was 11 it. or 12. I didn't watch Maybe it. Maybe August movie. 18th. But no, <laughs> I, don't, I wasn't there, there with you when I saw it. No. Okay, I didn't but, know you then. <laughs> but I remember like, I, it was... 
like I, I laughed at it. It was really funny. It was Robin Williams, right? And I remember, the, but at the time it didn't hit. So but I, my first impressions of this movie was uh, I was really looking forward of watching this movie because I was like, I want to see where the jokes are at and where it's going to hit. And I was I was uh, looking forward to watching this movie just to remember like, okay, is that as funny as I remembered or is it going to be funnier? I, I didn't think at all if it was going to be worse. I just knew it was going to be a funny movie. Jeremiah. I can't believe that this has taken this long to do a Robin Williams film in our podcast, actually. I mean, it's hit or miss with him, but... Well, we're in the 90s now. So what would have been... Well, the, three what, seasons what in, but okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mini and Mork. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about this season. Mork talking about this Mork and Mini. Oh, Mini and Mork. I, I can't tell you when the first time I actually saw this movie. I know that it was somewhere in the late 90s. And like you, Sean, I thought it was funny, but the jokes went way over my head. Yeah. I didn't even understand half the shit. And now you get older and you see it on Bravo or some like AMC shit and then you watch the show, you watch the movie and you're just like, that's fucking hilarious, man. And not just hilarious, you just seen like Robert Williams doing a role for the first time and you're just like, fuck, what a movie to do at the height of your career. And I thought that was pretty fucking impressive. And so I uh, saw that this last week and everything and I was just like, okay, I need a good laugh. We've been watching a lot of horror films and it's been kind of a, a, lot, of, a, a lot of action, a lot, a lot of, of action, serious shit. <laughs> I need a good, good thing for the heart. So, and Nathan Lane, man, he's the shit, yo. <laughs> Brandon. Yeah. yeah so, uh, I remember seeing this one time in my life and I was, it was probably right around, um, probably like July of 1999. So I beat you to that, Ed. Um, best year. But no, it was, it was when we, when we would get the, the free HBO weekend. Oh yeah. And they would just like rerun the movie. Yeah. 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 And I remember when HBO only had like three movies. Yeah. yeah. Oh. You get what you get. And you know, I swear you, you seriously get what you get. It's like, you get All right. HBO two on yeah. the deal. So I was, I was still, I guess, young and naive and I don't want to say sheltered. I was, I was naive to the world. And I remember watching for whatever reason, HBO did this, but they backed this movie up with Kevin Klein's In and Out, and Which so I watched. Terrible. I watched five hours of. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. One. I love Kevin. No, In and Out's a great movie. I enjoyed that. I one. can't take again. Tom Selleck, have not I'm seen sorry. it. Have not seen it for years since HBO showed it for free. <laughs> you saw it on HBO too. Uh, <laughs> also, also like 1999. <laughs> no, but but uh, I mean, so I, I laughed because I always liked Robin Williams. Um, we used to watch the TV Land reruns of, of the Mork and Mindy show or whatever it was, uh, Mork and Mindy, and and so I always liked Robin Williams, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire and everything, but I didn't get any of the jokes, right? And right. so watching it again as an adult with a little clearer understanding, y- you see the satire, you see the humor, you see the fact that this pokes holes and, and jokes at everything and everyone. I think that's and what it's, I like, it's unabashed yeah. and it's unapologetic, and I loved it for that for sure. I think that's what drew me to it a lot was that it it equally offends all. Classes yeah. of people, regardless of your political exactly. views, regardless of yeah. everything, it's just hilariously attacking literally everyone, <laughs> which is what comedy should do. It should mm-hmm. be comedy should should hit everyone the same way, right mm-hmm. in the guts. Yeah, it shouldn't be apologizing. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, right. It, yeah. It de- this yeah. one definitely doesn't. It doesn't hold back, and it doesn't feel bad for for saying anything. Like, I mean, it goes after Republicans, it goes after um, yeah. liberals, it goes, it goes uh, people, <laughs> and I'm you know keeping it it nice and and you know. Yeah. It goes after everything, and it, it does it really well. Yeah, you know? It threads that line very well, yeah. and I think that I was one of the big worries I had in choosing it was that it wasn't going to hold up and it would be kind of like offensive, but as I watched it, I was like, oh, this is equally offensive to everyone, so yeah. we're okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you know, it's funny you say that, because that's that was my first... I got maybe 15 minutes in, and I said, when, you know, when Nathan Lane comes in, we're going to talk about him, and you know, the whole drag queen persona over the top i mean he makes rupaul look straight as hell (laughs) and you know at first it's like ooh, ooh, this could go really bad but because they couple it with jokes at everybody else especially using gene hackman as kind of that other bashing board um it it, it isn't offensive and i really think that it could have easily screwed up and really hurt itself but they really did a good job of it gene hackman man seriously like fucking what a what a champ dude (laughs) seeing it without a mustache by the way i don't care if it was a dress or not personally i'm way far ahead i was waiting for the end of the movie so i was like i remember when where is it gene come on where's the gene it's like there he is i found the gene like, I, all, I was like, God, he would look so good that way, too. But I just forgot. For some reason, I thought Wesley Snipes was in this movie. I don't know why. Oh, know. no. That was that Patrick Swayze movie. Yes. I don't know why I thought like, that. I got that switched up with. Uh, yeah. no, it wasn't Roadhouse. It was no, like it was, him and yeah. John Leguizamo. Yes, oh. it was some type of Vegas movie. Like, oh, I don't know why God, I got yeah. it. I got that crossed up. But, it was a Bubba Hotel. Um, was I was a little yeah. bit also, I mean, like I'm building off of what Brandon said. Like, like It definitely... Uh, 
wasn't offensive mm-hmm. as much as like I I, I was you like oh I, it I, yeah, but I was a little sad with Val. Um, with a little bit of, he was almost like, at first he was embarrassed. It took him a while to like, just, I mean, to own up to like, Hey, but there's no, it's no big deal. This, those are your parents. Like mm-hmm. just own it. And then just, if anything, just be upfront. And I, you know, it was something that maybe the kids at that 90, in the nineties, maybe they went through that. Well, well I feel like I the gay we, culture was just in, And we need starting. to get into that yeah. when we get into the review, but first I think we should, we should get through the Oh God, we haven't even gotten there. <laughs> We haven't got to the drink yet. <laughs> oh, by the way, that movie was Tu Wong Fu. Uh, tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. I think <laughs> yes, <laughs> I remember that one. Oh, God, that was a good one. Eddie, why don't you take us through the cocktail? God, we haven't gotten yes. to this. <laughs> wow. We're just going in on no, it. No, that's okay. Let We're me good. get my notes already. We're good. We're just going to be a little... Well, let's talk different. about James Bond when we finally <laughs> do one. As we mentioned earlier, with each movie, we try to pair the tone and overall impact of the story of a cocktail. This season, we really wanted to stress the cocktail and more and how it links up to the movie selection. Everyone who listens knows when we finally watch a Bond movie, never done happen, uh, we'll pair it with a vodka martini, shaking that stir with a lemon there, We pill. had talked about rearranging yeah, things and getting rid of James Bond. Seriously. But tonight, Sean's cocktail was chosen by Sean. So uh, we'll, let's have Sean uh, take us through the cocktail. Sean? Explain, Sean. So tonight, we have the Agador Spartacus. <laughs> because because men... men on the sides of their cock. Like a faithful manservant, the Agador Spartacus had a lot, has a lot of Guatemalan heat with rum, pineapple juice, jalapeno syrup, simple syrup, nope. lime juice, mango, and a lime wedge. This fun, fruity, spicy cocktail. You can't control this heat. Is the perfect pairing for this over the top movie. Drinking the Agador Spartacus will make you fall down faster than Hank Azaria in a pair of loafers. For our complete recipe, please visit our website at thegentlemanpodcast.com. Let's try this drink out, my friends. Uh, over the po- uh, jalapeno. Yeah, the jalapeno. It's spicy. Yeah. <laughs> cheers. You want to do a cheers? cheers. Mm. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it definitely has spicy. Spicy. Yeah, no, I don't like, I like jalapenos. I like the I pineapple like juice. I like the pineapple juice. Who doesn't like pineapple juice? Yeah. <laughs> it's good though. So I think it's it's actually like uh, it feels fruity without and the the jalapeno cuts into it. So it's almost no. It could do without the jalapeno. You don't like the jalapeno. I don't no, like the jalapeno. I need to get some tones pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old, man. Like what the this fuck? movie, it's a mixed bag. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you could easily adjust this drink and make it how you want it. AKA, if you don't want jalapeno, if you don't want that, I'll do it in Spanish. Food. Not a jalapeno. Yeah. <laughs> no jalapeno. Not jalapeno. All right, so let's let's pick up where we left off. Before. I want to talk about <laughs> Hank Azaria and how much I love him. So I think Agador Spartacus is the perfect place it to is, start. It is. <laughs> so th- th- a little bit ago, we watched as a family um, Anastasia. And I remember, I know you're going to be like, well, we're going to. And I remember all you I can remember. Why I pull Mouse Hunt out of my ass? As yeah. A, uh, yeah. No, I'm getting there. Where are you guys getting these I'm getting there. Fucking the John Cusack. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. Meg Ryan, whatever. <laughs> but I remember because I told my family, I was like, I remember loving this movie. And, and I started watching, I re- realized that I only really loved Bartok the Little Bat. And why? It's Hank Azaria. Because, because the guy can do absolutely anything. His voice, his his inflections, his humor, his 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 accents. I mean, he is a, a master, I think, of putting these different characters into he, it. He's one of the best reasons on why I love The Simpsons. Because he does millions and millions mm-hmm. of characters right. and everything like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. So seriously. Because so, imagine imagine that show without his voice yeah, talent. It wouldn't be the same. It dude. wouldn't do it. Yeah. I, I don't know how many like I don't know how many times I quote this movie literally a year, but I bet it's in the dozens. Because I mean I don't know how many times I, I this and I the court jester. I don't we'll make yeah. I don't I don't make me wear the shoes. They make me <laughs> vulgar. <laughs> or come on, Gloria. Yeah, I was about to say, come on, Gloria, let's go. <laughs> I literally say it all. Anyway, when he's in that little costume, he's we're doing hard for the money. <laughs> It just makes me. He's so fucking talented. He is a talented actor, a a talented artist, man. I mean, when you think about it, he can do anything. The same year he was doing Heat and doing this movie at the same time, he was doing like like 18 hours of work, going from one set to another set. That's hardcore shit, yo. Well, Well, and when when he, I'm sorry, when when he, so he's in a movie called America's Sweethearts, which Mm -hmm. is arguably a fantastic movie. Is that with John Cusack? John Cusack, Look at us, come bringing it back. We need to have a John Cusack movie. Uh, With, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones was hysterical in that. Catherine Zeta-Jones. And he plays his Latin lover, like his, Mm -hmm. uh, like her, what do you, what do you, like her, her, yeah, yeah. And he's, my penis is bigger than coins. (laughs) 
his accent of that is just to die for. Well, he's he, so fucking and Yeah, we funny. just watched uh, Night of the Museum 2. Yeah. I think he's in that one. And same thing. Do not took touch a, me. Took a, <laughs> took a pretty not so great movie and makes it good. Now, okay, Night of the Museum 2. Uh, you see, this is my problem with you, Brandon. That is the best of the No, night no, one. Of the one is the better. One, no. one is. Yes. One is. Two is but way better. Oh, Robin funny. Williams. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's... it's it's here's what I was thinking is when I was watching this, I thought his character, the Agador Spartacus, Agador, could be really, really <laughs> annoying and, and just kind of like uh, if he was played by anybody else. I thought that he, this is a character who could border on being annoying, but he isn't because of just the way Hank Azaria takes He's it. He's the reason why I laughed when I was mm-hmm. 13. Yeah. I realized mm-hmm. like he yeah. just pulled in. It was like he was able to just tie it all in together. Like without him. It would have definitely been not as funny, personally. It would have been more of a serious film without his, like, you know. And you would think, like, out of Robert Williams, you know, the guy that is usually the man of the screen. Like, he's the man of the hour. Like, you know, you put him because a comic performance and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But it's actually Hank makes the film... Just more of a lighter tone. See, I would see yeah. him and Nathan Lane because... Mm-hmm. And Nathan Lane, yeah. And this Nathan is Lane. always my criticism of Martin... No, Steve Martin. When Steve Martin plays a straight man in comedy, mm-hmm. and I mean straight man as in the, the straight com- comedic You took my joke! <laughs> God, I'm saying my joke either way after this. You guys have the same brain. Yeah. <laughs> oh anyway, you say no, it first. When, when he plays the, the, the more serious comedian and plays off someone a, a more more uh, robust, Plane I think he Elba does Bilgo. much better than if he tries to be the funny person. Because Jim Carrey, Steve Martin, Robin Williams, they all have a tendency in their movies to go too far. Like, for the first 25, 35 minutes, they're hilarious, and then it's just like, oh my God, I can't take you anymore. But when they play the more rigid comedian, mm-hmm. I think they do much better. You mentioned playing strange. To me, that's, that's Steve Martin's best role because he is so non-funny. Right, he doesn't go out of his way to be funny. No, he doesn't. He's he's yeah. he's streaming, and that's why I said it was it was interesting, and I think really cool to see Robin Williams playing the straight character, mm-hmm. the straight man character. No pun intended. <laughs> that was my joke. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting seeing him because he's the one that you would normally think of, if especially if you've seen any of his his stand up, is being that flamboyant, over the top, right, kind yeah. of Nathan annoying, Lane, yeah. yeah. Um, but Nathan Lane, and I, I swear, Mike Nichols, who we we got to talk about, Mike Nichols as being the director of this, and kind of just. Being a serious director, making this kind of out and out, no, no pun intended, comedy here, it, it really does well. But I think that Mike Nichols had to have gone up to Nathan Lane and just been like, just let it fly. Do anything. Just go over the top. And I think that, like you said, Nathan Lane takes Hank Azaria's character and the two of them are why we watch this movie. And there's so many one-liners that Nathan Lane is acting ridiculous and Rob Williams comes in with this... You're not a woman. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> like the the interplay between them was so real. It wasn't and like Jeremiah, you were saying this is adapted from a play or it was a adapted stage? of a French play, French and I play. think it's called Le Cage Ox Follows. I'm, oh, no, no, fr- I'm not a French expert, but it's a French play. Well you got you got it down. Le Cage? Yeah. My no. guess is it's the bird cage in French. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. But you can tell that that this was supposed to be theatrical. Like uh, the, the 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 sets were very simple. You had the apartment, you had the stage downstairs, you had the it, dining it was room very table. Blocked. Yeah, yeah, it was it was not exactly <laughs> complex of a of scenery. It was mm-hmm. it was real simple. I was thinking about the opening sequence. I'm just like, okay, this is a '90s film. Let's just actually just do a view shot of the ocean, yeah. go into Miami with one the, shot with the most the way, colorful clothes yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> I've never been life. to Miami, but no. they cannot all. I, where yo, the, I the, the, literally the clothing. was asking Hannah like because she's from Florida and she's like yo, is she people, really? yeah she was like oh, hey do people like in South Beach dress like that yeah. and she's like no they don't dress like is that is that near so. Palm Beach <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things and the dig at the bush, like no, the, the whole things are things are okay because they they're near Jeb Bush, the Jeb Bushes. And I'm like, <laughs> at that point, I said this movie's okay. <laughs> if you're gonna make fun of any Bush, the Jeb Bush is the fun one to make. Don't you dare touch George Dub. <laughs> he had to make an exclamation point behind him. Jeb. Like you guys we're like, excited about you, Jeb. Do you guys like Gene Hatman? <laughs> What's Gene up? Hatman and his wife. Did you guys like? Uh, Diane Weiss. Yeah, no, Diane our mom. Because Diane Weiss is like so our bad mom. for her most of the time. Movie that we should do. <laughs> I'm just throwing this out there for season whatever we're gonna do next. Practical Magic. Love it. Everybody in because I love her in that. I love her all. I would do, She's fantastic. I would do, do it. I love Parenthood, her man. One. Oh, parent. That's not her. That's Bonnie Bedelia. No, no, no. Parenthood. Oh, the movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. I apologize. <laughs> because and we did. We did, <laughs> we did Edward Scissorhands with her, and we can also do the Lost Boys. 
Well, no, no, that's, that's your like. No. That's, I mean, so remember so, that time that the senator died? Oh my god, that phone call was just hysterical. Was just like it just kept escalating. And there's no better person to play that role than Gene Hackman. I can't because, believe he actually played that role. Why? Yeah. Because He's got a wicked sense of humor. No, but I, you never see it. You though. never see it. You never see Heartbreakers. it. Heartbreakers. I don't think I've seen. Well, that's that an Enemy of the State. I'm talking about this is the guy from Unforgiven, French Connection. Enemy of the State. Yeah. This guy well, is like in hardcore political I mean, he, movies. He, he, yeah. And uh, the, the most fun I think outside of his drama ever is when Lex he plays Luther. Lex Luthor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know? and, but you're thinking you're seeing him. You're like, damn, this guy is just. He knows how to work it, yo. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like Meryl Streep doing Devil Wears Prada, right? So she's in a way, yes. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Liam Neeson doing comedy. It's like you've got great <laughs> million ways to die in the West. <laughs> you've got these great actors like kind of slumming it, right? Yeah, <laughs> with the comedic actors. And Gene Hackman, it's so sad not to see him act anymore. And his last role was actually Double Jeopardy with John Cusack. Good uh, lord, that was a long <laughs> time yeah, ago. Yeah, a long time. Was ago. it really? still alive? Yeah, he's yeah, still alive. Yeah, well, like, because he's he tired. retired. Yeah. I think he's got a little dementia. Uh, no. That's what it's, I read, but I, I could be wrong. But I think that he Gene, you, you if you're out there listening. Of, come like, on, Hollywood we'll talk to you. I, I think these older actors are tired of the way Hollywood is probably yeah. has has be, developed too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you keep mentioning the phone call because we talked off mic earlier, Eddie. We talked earlier. Just two of us. <laughs> that, Doesn't surprise me. So here's the thing. I think that the earlier scenes are really really good, but I could have watched his. Over the top love of Nathan Lane's cross dressed character, <laughs> Mrs. Coleman, Coldman, <laughs> whatever. She's a fine but I could wa- woman. Well, I could watch that. I could have watched that for another. <laughs> so we never know who we are until we hear our name pronounced. I love that. That's great. Do you not like I could have watched that scene extended for another hour. To yeah. me, that that could have been the whole play. Like maybe that is the original play. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think this is pretty close. The structure. It, it was so good. Close. So did good. you want a more character character development? That is okay. So I have a couple. I feel like I, I was just lacking a little bit on some of the characters. There's two parts that okay, they, were, so, they were they were two dimensional instead of three dimensional. Is that the right terminology? They yeah. I felt like we got like first blush of okay, he's conservative senator, and and what I liked about I actually thought Diane Weist had the biggest um, transition because I thought she, oh she's just going to be like this meek conservative, but wife. she gets cut off. I understand that she gets cut off, but she also at the end she she's like I want to be someone's favorite. Like she has this yeah. revelation Release, that yeah. she is not this little meek wife. Like she's mm-hmm. she's just as important yeah. and integral yeah. to his success. As I, he I agree with you. In the beginning of the movie, I was just like, God, she's going to just do that. Like really? Yeah. You know, I'm just like, oh god, dude. how <laughs> so many times are you, you do, do that, that so good? <laughs> yeah. So I have two major criticisms, and it is going to affect my score. Um, but one to me, I said the pacing, I don't think it's really the pacing. I think it's the character development that we didn't get enough of the Senator, his family, but also I don't think we got enough of Barbara to really appreciate it. Like we don't, we, we learn as we go through that Barbara knows about their lifestyle and, and everything, but she we don't like really five know. words. Like, I wanna, her mouth. Yeah. I want to have more of that built up at the beginning. And then at the end, to me, it just wrapped up. It wrapped up too also Val, really yeah, quickly. Also Val, really yeah. And Val, I kind yeah. of lumped Val and Barbara in together. Yeah. I, I would have liked to know, because this was dealing with a very difficult subject, mm-hmm. right? Which yeah. is, and what, I mean, what is their say, plan? Yeah. What, what is their long-term plan here? <laughs> long-term. Like, and this is, I think we're analyzing this movie from the wrong perspective. And I'm going to kind of curb yeah. this now, because mm-hmm. if you're looking at this movie other than a vehicle to bring comedy and situational comedy to audiences, yeah. you're looking at it too deeply. Yeah. Because this movie is about the 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 conflict between at the time morality and a, a cultural movement that was coming forward which was the lgbtq community coming forward and out of the shadows and mm-hmm. kind of becoming part of the society and uh, a rigid conservatism and mm-hmm. i think looking at it trying to figure out what the drives of the characters were that's not where we should be looking <laughs> no I, I get that i get that when i say that we wraps up quick okay so i i love and you guys were talking about it. I love the ending when they're kind of parading themselves out and through the dance. And I mean, that's the way they get out. To me, that's great. You got the cameraman kind of turning like, no, nah, I can't be him. <laughs> like, that's great. And then it kind of drops off. And though we have the wedding in the title sequence, like you said, what's going to happen? Exactly. We need, we need like, where's your plan? A, we need yeah. to have uh, literally just, just a couple lines, like two more minutes yeah. of saying, hey, I can use this to my political benefit. Exactly. Right. Just, just and that I think would today, have been great. You'd have had that. And I thought you were going to say that and I would have agreed with you if you had said it, but I would love to see what this movie would look like if it were made today. It wouldn't today. be funny. 
it wouldn't it, be it funny. It would be hitting over the head. It, it wouldn't be funny. Nothing it would be, yeah. offensive. It would be woke, political. It would be... It would be it we would talked be, about it. It's glee. It would have been glee. It would have been took dancing a lot of on eggshells because yeah. he yeah. says at one point, I'm going to use the F word. Uh, he says, I'm, you know, I, yes, I wear makeup. Yes, I'm a middle-aged fag. Yeah. That line alone was not offensive. It was not, it was not bad. It would never have made it in. But and he, that was him... Him, him accepting yeah. who he is in a time that was not accepting of exactly. him. Exactly. And it was such a beautiful his, line. That was probably with, one of with the his best son in the movie. With, with his, his son. son. Yeah, right. his son. Was a big... And his son was clearly not offended because, and I loved the, I, and we're jumping all around. I loved well, the, how we do this the moment at the end when the, the rue is up. You know, Christine Baranski comes through the door. <laughs> Who, by and, the way, can we, uh, we oh, appreciate treasure, by Christine Baranski? She is so fucking good. <laughs> everything. She reminds me of Bowfinger. I know. We just I've never around. seen that Oh, one. you haven't no. seen it? You, you haven't seen that one with Steve one. Martin no. and uh, oh, Eddie Murphy? No. God, that's literally, put it on your to-watch list. Okay. It's, a, it's a 1999 film, by the way. Of course is it, it always? is. Of course it is, yeah. My, but when he comes forward and finally, like... Like accepts Nathan Lane as his, I that was you know, his yeah. mother figure, yeah. which these is these are my you know, parents. Yeah, yeah this. right. These are my parents. These are the people who raised me. I feel like, I feel like this whole movie would just it would have gotten butchered today. It just would not have worked. I think I think you're right. And you know, I mentioned In and Out jokingly, but it was actually true. Is that HBO paired them together? And I remember watching both of them. And you know, coming out that was still relatively a taboo subject. It was a taboo in subject. the mid '90s yeah. or the late '90s, even. Um, I mean, even Clinton was don't ask, don't tell. So mm-hmm. you, you even had kind you of had that it whole... at, at different levels for sure. And right. this was, and I, so <laughs> I'm watching this movie and I say, I'm really appreciating this movie. I'm really liking this movie. Why did Sean pick this movie out of all the nineties movies? Like that's where my head was. And I want to kind of hear your answer because I have an answer for myself, but I, I, I want to hear your thoughts. So my answer is this. I think that this movie should have, and I think it somewhat did set a standard for uh, the gay movement on film, and it kind of made—I'm not giving you a fist bump. No, no, that's that's <laughs> that was my answer. That was my. So that, that's exactly what I thought, and I, that's why I appreciate I, it I, I even feel more. Like, I, and I, I mean, I'm an unabashed conservative. I I, I fully embrace that. Listeners, I am of not. Life. Um, but at the same time, I think that there's a misconception. Yeah. Thank you. I think there's a misconception, and I liked the caricature that Republicans or that Gene Hackman's character was portrayed with because it was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it was, it was, he was so over the top. Like when they were talking about all My the different favorite. topics, and I'm like, <laughs> kill the mother. <laughs> I'm like, the whole way that it was presented, <laughs> I know, the way that it was presented just made me feel like this is what comedy should have become, and it went. Totally different, but this is this mm-hmm. is what comedy. This is what brings people together. Like this movie is the type of movie that if it was made or people watch it today, you know, Republicans, Democrats, conservatives, we can all laugh about can something. Laugh about yeah. it, enjoy it, mm-hmm. and and it makes them think. And to me, that's important. So okay, so that that's what I thought. Is that I, at first I was really I was enjoying it, but I'm thinking of all the '90s, you could have picked something better. And then I realized it probably is an important movie. It's it, in a lot of ways. It's a movie that kind of helps to to move the curve just a little bit more towards. Just and being, it does it. It being, allows for glee and things woke. like that to happen. Yeah, like, yeah. it's just it's just being woke. It's, it's a nice movie. That's it wasn't. It's 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 okay. It's it doesn't bash, over, it doesn't bash over the head. It's and, just enjoyable. And it just realizes it makes you realize like it's perfectly fine to you know, there's no big deal and i think it's also like looking at robert williams because i think mm-hmm. when the beginning of the 90s you know it was all mrs doubtfire it was all jumanji and everything like well, that oh good morning vietnam you know, like now this is the movie you see an actor like taking a risk and taking that next step yeah, it was this movie and then after this it was goodwill hunting i was thinking watching this movie i'm like fuck oh, God, what a so fucking much. like you know mm-hmm. being so fearless to do a movie like this where you know as brandon was saying it was very taboo to do a movie like this mm-hmm. And I thought that felt fit right into the script, right? So not only was the movie itself taboo, the script was taboo, the topic was taboo. And they, this is, uh, Quentin Tarantino gave the uh, advice of a lifetime to Leonardo DiCaprio during, I think it was Django Unchained, Uh when he basically said, if you don't go full, like, embrace your character in the movie, it's not going to work. You've got to, you've got to show what, that what that time frame was, and I feel like if this movie had tiptoed around the issue, it wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. They had to embrace it. I went to my first drag show this year in Oregon. 
um, to support one of our employees. Awesome. And I was blown away by this display. It was the most... It was hysterically funny and charming, and the people worked so hard. So, so nice, hard. too. They're pretty amazing <laughs> yeah. performances. I'm it not going to lie. It was amazing. So, yeah. And I, I was wanna... like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, I, this is, it was really, it was it's impactful. Fun. Yeah. And fun. That's and cool. And everyone was there supporting it. And it was just such a, a different kind of feeling than I expected. Yeah. Yeah, so. for sure. My wife and I, we went to our first uh, draft show. I, 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 our first show. Does it was matter? It the Menagerie? I don't want to say out loud, but yeah, I mean, you're just the menagerie. <laughs> have you, have you but, been to one? <laughs> I've been to a Oh my God, why am I the only So, but it, that I, we honestly, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Me to one, guys. I'm Democrat, you no, are. I'm not going to all of us. I have a few friends so that all, perform, dude. So my wife and I, when we do a date night, like for some reason, that is one of the places we like to end up at. And we know what the night to go and we enjoy it. And it's a really good show all the time. And it's very, it's just, it's a really great show. (laughs) Amanda, we're going to a show (laughs) out there. Anyway, so I want to talk a little bit about the, um, the dichotomy between, uh, or not dichotomy. That's not the right word, but the relationship between Armand and, uh, Starina or Nathan Lane's character. And I think that there's a couple of scenes in there where they just sparkle together when when he's teaching mm-hmm. him how to be more masculine and he's john wayne be john be john like i get an image put, put john the, wayne put the pinky down yeah <laughs> i smear the toast you can always get more toast how do you think about uh, those dolphins you know third and play but you run up and run out so, of the you know what's very i don't know what i'm, I'm jumping to no go ahead going. Go. It, it became really poetic in a in a weird way of that Nathan Lane, how he stepped in for dinner, but he got to play. He got, he didn't get to play a part. He just got to be who he was. A mom with a different name. A mom. Well, I guess no. With, a, a mom. He was Mrs. Yeah, 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 this is no. a different name. But a mom to Val as he's been doing it his whole life. Which and in the he, very end, I think Val maybe started like, "Hey, these are my parents that you've been seeing her, this whole time." He introduces him as his mother, which is something yeah. that we see from the very beginning. As you know, that's yeah, as, his uh, mindset. As much as I, it, the funniest part was when I think it was Hank. Saw Nathan Lane. You <laughs> 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 might have started a little smile for everyone a little bit. It'd be really slow motion, but it was just hilarious. He just started laughing. It was like, but it just it became really like, hey, this is how it's supposed to be. This is the yeah. the dinner is proper. How yeah. it actually is set. And, and that's the whole that's the whole thing that I I kind of appreciated about Val was when he came forward at the end and kind of said, you know, this is this is the people who raised me and his biological mother. Was you could see the pride in Christine Baranski's yes. yeah. face yes. was like, you know what? Yes, like mm-hmm. I'm, I am, I you am proud that you came from. What me. I love is that she cancels her plans. I mean, it's the, so I I say this about a lot of movies, and these are movies that I really like. Is it's a movie about good people just being good people, mm-hmm. you know? And Christine Baranski, she's a perfect example. Her character is a perfect example of somebody who in other movies might turn vindictive or just be a little bitchy or whatever. And she says, no, I'm going to cancel my plans. I'm going to be there for the son that I basically did a contract well, with and, and gave Armand my eggs for. This is the first time in 20 years that yeah. you're needed. Yeah. And she and rises she drops to the to challenge. It. And she is there at the wedding at the end and there is that pride there in her face. And I think Bransky, such an under... I don't want to say underrated, but under well, under the too, radar. She's too big of a cele- a star. A, mm-hmm. um, let me rephrase. She's too good of an actor for that part. Yeah. But she she, she takes what little time she has yes. and makes it magnificent. And it's a great supportive character, which, like I said, all these people, all of them, even the senator, he's a good person. He's He's got his own beliefs, and whether they're good or they're bad, they're all good people. Uh, did anyone see uh, uh, Dr. Beverly Hofstetter? Like, well, that's, that's Christine Branson. I know. I mean, did, did you ever, did you see it though? When you're seeing oh. her, like were you expecting her to be kind of like I was like Sheldon's mom. Well, so she was in. <laughs> she was in. She's been in a bunch a, of a bunch Bowfinger. Of movie, but, Great movie. So Bowfinger, yes. But also like uh, she was in uh, Mamma Mia, mm-hmm. and yes. she and she was also in. Um, Oh my goodness! Now I'm gonna forget what it. Oh, uh, describe it. Lawyer. The good wife. Yeah, the good wife. Yeah, that one. And the good fight. And she's to- she's totally serious in that. And she's so much. God, it's I so much different. It's so good. Remember from and you know who she's married attention. to in that show is. Um, mm-hmm. Cruel Intentions. Uh, yes. The funny guy from Office Space. <laughs> the the boss from Office Space. Gary. Oh, Gary Cole. 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 What do you think about like Mike Nichols is actually doing this film? 
You know, this guy well, has like a resume of all resumes. Graduate. Okay, He's so Tech Charlie you know, threw some Mike Nichols The Graduate. Movies. Okay, The, the Graduate. graduate. Um, he did Closer. No. Yeah, Closer, which I don't know if you... you ever seen I think you and I are probably the only ones that have seen it. You ever seen it? It's, a, it's, it's fucking hardcore, man. The head says... Angels in America? That's a yes. great fucking film, So I'm film, guessing dude. that he's part of the LGBTQ No, he's, he was married to Diane Sawyer for really? years. Okay. Years, years. That surprised me because like, when you look at... This is my problem with today's Hollywood, right? Which is you have to be part of the group to represent the group. That's that's the mentality that's being ingrained. Yeah, I can see that. And Primary Colors is probably one that you've seen. Okay, yeah, that's I've seen that. But I was just saying, with the exception of okay, regarding Henry, which is a damn great movie. Oh, that's a good. That's uh, but all of his stuff is Annette is really uh, yeah. yeah yeah. All of his stuff though is really on the, on the serious side. So for him to go all the way to the the outside of of drama, mm-hmm. I mean, there is drama there. But for him to go that far and to do it that well, I think is a really a good sign of, of a good. So director. I, I'm going to get political for a minute because I, I really loved this aspect of this movie, and this is one of the reasons why I picked it. One of I, you know, for a period of my life, I taught American government, and we went through the civil rights movement with Martin Luther King. And one of the things that Martin Luther King Jr. did that was different than everyone else had tried is he used language and his actions to garner support in the community he was trying to change. Mm -hmm. So he was actually trying to reach out to essentially white people in government and in society and bring them over onto his way of thinking, Mm -hmm. bring them over onto his side. And I feel like this movie did that for this community did that they they, they did, took it the same way like you need to understand what we're what our community is doing and that it's not harmful it's not dangerous and this is who we are and mm. you need to start understanding that so let, let and me, i appreciated that let, let me let it. me counter that with something okay. that i did think do you feel and I'm, this is to everybody do you feel that nathan lane's character now nathan lane he, he is a gay man i mean so yes. so him playing that role Married. was is is uh, maybe kind of settle some of this question, but do you feel that him playing the over-the-top stereotypical drama drag queen gay character hurts what you were saying? No, because he was his layers were peeled back over the course of the movie, and you realized that how good of a parent he had been to Val, how okay. important he was. I, I see what you're saying. So I think that we have to. I think this movie does it. It's sets transition. Up, it sets up the bowling pins of stereotypes. Uh, you have the stereotypical wife in Diane Weiss. You have the stereotypical conservative. You have the stereotypical drag queen. And then you have the not-so-stereotypical cabaret owner in mm-hmm. Armand. Mm-hmm. And you have children trying to deal with their parents, which are very stereotypical. Yeah. And during the course of the movie, all the layers are stripped back. And you find out that people... And this is what I was talking about with get, getting uh, allies, right? You have mm-hmm. to show that the stereotypes aren't what you expect, that the truth behind the stereotypes are that everyone's just people trying to work together and live together. And it was done beautifully when, like, you know, Robert Williams' character he goes and finds Nathan Lane's character by next to the pier and whatnot. And, you know, you see that Nathan Lane has these fears of, like, I'm being forgotten. I don't know if you believe in me or if you're supportive for me or whatnot. You know, just concerns of, like, with everyone. With the palimony you know, agreement. You know, yeah, yeah, the palimony agreement. You see two people, like, no, I love you. Like, you know, I want to be with you. This is us. And this is us being together and everything like that. I don't know if I've ever seen a movie or before this movie, before where it actually actually talked about it, maybe a dog day dog day afternoon. That was a good fucking flick. Mm-hmm. But the struggles of how two people are trying to make something happen in a world that it doesn't really, really allow them at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think like, though, how is it Armin? Like Armand, Robert, yeah. Armand, yeah. like he was in the very beginning of the movie, how he was just hiding it to Albert. Like I just broke it, broke it down. Like it, supposedly, was he hiding that? Hey, my son's gonna be coming to town. Why would you hide that though? Because was his, his son, son asked, asked not to have Albert there for the reveal that he was getting married because he knew his son was already expe- trying to hide it. No, he expected how Albert was going to react. Mm. And so here, and here's the. I don't mean to, to tell it because I don't, I'm not. I feel bad for Albert a lot of times. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. no, but I think that, that this also dealt with the theme of dealing with in laws. And it doesn't matter if your in laws are unexpected or, or amazing gay or overall. Just, just, but just that idea. whole melding of families is already stressful and, and, mm-hmm. and difficult. Yeah. I think there's two parts of the film. Sorry. No, no, go for it. There's go two for parts it. of the film. There's the beginning part of the film, and there is the second half part of the film where it leads up to the dinner part, mm-hmm. where you're just like, okay, 
Then it's starting to actually roll, and then you see how everything's going to be playing out. And I think the second part of the film really is a stronger part of the film than the first part of the film. I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, I went, although I love when uh, when you get to kind of see behind the, the scenes of the cabaret and the drama that it takes to get <laughs> yeah. that cabaret up and running. And mm-hmm. uh, oh, God. oh, I love no, I love when they clean out the uh, <laughs> the apartment and they're just getting <laughs> everything and all the are that crucifix part is then... so funny. So, yeah. so, Only. Take away, only detract. Don't, Don't add. So, so I do want to go back though because there, there's just the crucifix. So I said there are two parts that, that frustrated me. And I, I lo- sorry, I'm sorry, it's Brandon. okay. No, the because dinner plates too, bro. Yeah. Dinner plates. I have girls. Don't you have girls? No, I. Are we ready for the main dish? We're ready for the main dish, and that was the main dish. Miso soup is an entree. Don't forget the shrimp. Don't forget the shrimp. Did you mean the time? Hold him in there. Uh, so I wanted to say because I, I'm coming late to the party here, but uh, you were talking about the relationship, and to be fair, I was bothered by the relationship on a on a on a character level. That to me, I'm watching this movie and I see two characters who shouldn't be together. They don't they don't complement each other until the bus stop scene. Yeah, right. And after that, you can you understand. My my thing is, I wish we had gotten more of more that of relationship. That, yes. And it kind of goes back to, I wish we'd gotten more Val and Barbara, too. I wish we'd gotten more of the relationship between the two. Because I'm watching the whole time going, like, why? It's a play. That's why. Oh, no, I get it. I get no, it. No, uh, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying, you, you because get it. it's a play, mm-hmm. you just don't get that. You, you don't got, get it. Yeah. But, and this is, you know, so the whole idea of adaptation is is a really tricky thing in literary studies. Is how much do you kind of the add don't detract? You can add, you can how much add, can so. you add into a movie when you if you add so much does it take away from being well, the actual original and play? It comes yeah. And so it comes there's a lot to, to the... it, but I guess what I'm saying is is coming at it just from a movie standpoint. I wish I'd seen more relationship caring. We see it a little bit when he's when he's teaching him to be a man. We don't get it really though until the the bus stop and that bus stop scene to me was Led the Pierre. greatest scene of the entire it was uh, the entire movie done. It was um, really amazing. Really good. I just want done. a little bit more of that yeah. the time through. So I, I think I, I think again this movie is a vehicle for comedy, not a vehicle for growth. And then it has a message that you can kind of agree with and enjoy as it goes on. Right. And I think that is the stumbling block of the film mm-hmm. to be like, if you were going to consider this movie in the pantheon of movies of great movies, you couldn't add it because it doesn't have that same element. It's enjoyable. Don't get me wrong. I love this movie, but yeah. it doesn't, you can't put it in a goodwill hunting, you know, realm. But can you buy it any, as in a film that kind of changed the way how we looked at films? I, I look at it as a doorman film. I would say and, characters, the way we look at certain characters. Yeah. I would say the, the way we look at themes, the way we look at, mm. at, at actually subject matter. Yeah. Because without this movie, you don't have Brokeback Mountain, which I would say is you have, you know, you don't have any really mainstream mm-hmm. gay theme movies mm-hmm. without this. Yeah. And maybe I'm wrong because if you go back in time and you look at something like, I would say the precursor to this, if you go all the way back is some like it hot, I knew you were gonna go there. which is, yeah, which is the same yeah, kind of concept, of, but it was a great fucking it. film, man. It's great film, yeah. but that is a, a movie about people who aren't gay, that they're mm. cross-dressing. That's a totally different, you know, if you haven't seen some like it hot, you definitely need to watch that movie. It's uh, Jack Lemon and Tony Curtis. And, and Sean will make sure that we cover that movie in a coming Upcoming oh, podcast as soon as we get point. back into the 60s, I'm doing that movie. That movie is freaking... I incredible. have no problem with that movie, by the way, Sean. I actually really enjoyed actually, that I movie. I think it might be the 40s. 1959. Ah. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Close enough to Right there. Yeah, sorry. I was <laughs> sorry, say, I went too far. I was thinking far. early 50s, though. I was thinking... Melon Monroe was, you know, was in it. Who? Melon Monroe. Marilyn Monroe, yes. I'm not seeing her not, name right. I thought we were Melon talking about Rose. Melon Rose. <laughs> Norman Jean was in it, okay? Norman Jean was in it. <laughs> oh, candle in the wind. Anyway, so let's let's talk a little bit. I mean, we've talked about characters, we've talked about themes. Let's talk about a little bit the comedy because one of the things that I get tired with, like we did the Hangover a couple of seasons, seasons ago. ago, we've done some comedy, and I have a hard time with comedy. I don't think that they sustain their funniness. American Pie, Galaxy Quest. The course of a movie, or do you mean over the course of of years? Both. I think holding up over the course of years, comedy seems dated to me. So you're more like a sketch comedy. You you would rather have in a short. I like situation. Short character. You don't like American Pie or Galaxy Quest? No, I think they're both very funny, and I think that some of the jokes fall flat and feel old. I didn't feel like any of these jokes 
felt old. I felt like they felt and I fresh. Think, I think the reason being, and I don't keep throwing this out there, but is the satire. The fact that it's not just humor, it's humor that's biting. Um, I mean, I, I wrote down some of my favorite ones is that Billy Graham is too liberal. Yeah. <laughs> when, <laughs> when, too liberal. When you got Albert, when you got Albert as Mrs. Coleman, yeah. uh, who is hearing the story about Jackson and has no idea what's going on and says, oh, I think he was framed. And you just get this <laughs> exactly serious look. That's exactly what Rush Limbaugh said. <laughs> and all I thought of Sean was you, yeah. who is, is Sean is, is, I think, are you one of the founding members of the Rush Limbaugh yeah. fan club? Or what <laughs> are am- you? I was He's yes, up there. I was, I was uh, he contributed money to Rush Limbaugh, I can tell you that much. Um, but you get this humor that isn't just funny for funny's sake. And, and I'm going to go on the ledge and, and throw myself out there and say that I think that Will Ferrell is funny. I think that his movies are funny. I know that a lot of people really don't like Will Ferrell. Hey, I love Step Brothers. I can still laugh to that movie right? until this fucking um, Another one that I think... So I, I do enjoy Will Ferrell movies. And, and yeah, it gets a little old. The character gets a little old. But what you get is you get a, a story like a Will Ferrell movie and you get a movie that is just kind of a one trick pony, right? With this one, and, and that one trick is usually just somebody acting like an idiot. With this one, you get a lot more educated humor. You get humor that... It's ha- more high You have to... Yeah, it's high You have to know the politics. You have to know the situation. You have to know the time period to get it. A kid can't watch this and no. laugh. A kid can watch a Will Ferrell movie and laugh just as much as a, as an adult because it's a different type of humor. But, but also the, the, a group of actors that are playing off each other left and right. Yeah. That helps out. Good and, and ensemble, really good. Yeah, yeah some, ensemble actors. That really helps this movie out. Mm-hmm. And that, in, in the dinner room, <laughs> in front of the crucifix, <laughs> I mean, the tension's so thick. But everyone is so fucking good playing off one another. <laughs> when he tells so the story good. about the foliage, <laughs> I was just riveted by the the story. <laughs> I love how Gene Hatman loved uh, Nathan Lane too. The whole time is oh, like the whole time. The foliage like, is she's a marvelous. And then he has this story in his head, like she's a victim or something. Yeah, like that, that <laughs> joke about Grover's yeah, Corners. <laughs> the best thing. The best thing. Is when, when when the reveal happens and he just got Gene Hackman standing there saying over and over he doesn't get it he doesn't get it and he says that's a man I don't get it I don't understand no no before that is when he's going through they're going through the whole thing you find out they're gay you find out they're together you find out Val's mom is Christine Baranski and he goes What's back he goes, they're Jewish yeah. <laughs> it's like that's what you pulled away from that yeah. that <laughs> their main name is Goldman and not Coleman. <laughs> Uh, so uh, what I was gonna I was gonna make a, a comment earlier. So I love Family Guy. I think Family Guy is hysterical. And one of my favorite episodes is when Rush Limbaugh was. was on Family Guy with Brian. That's comedy. That when people can make fun of each other and don't and not take it too seriously. That's yeah. so funny to me. I love self-deprecation. I, mm-hmm. I, I like I like when people don't take themselves so seriously. I like it when yeah. comedians are not afraid to say something. Because it's part of actually being a comic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not supposed to feel comfortable when you're doing a, a, a comedy movie or, uh, you know, that sort of, a, a sort of thing. You know, something. a skit. To me, I think it's really cool when people are able to take a risk and not be afraid of actually being an artist at the same time. You asked earlier, uh, Brandon, about Nathan Lane and the flamboyancy of his character and the stereotypes of his character. If you look, fast forward, like, to 90. Eight. So two years later, you had Will and Grace come out and you had Jack, who wasn't drag queen or anything on that show, but he was definitely the more flamboyant character. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I do. I keep going back to the same thing where I think that the stereotype and realizing that there's more to the stereotype is the way to ease into changing people's minds. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And I think that if we look at it on a holistic level, the, the movie's reception would be a lot different if Rob Williams and, and Nathan Lane's characters were reversed. Yes. Where if, if Williams, a straight actor, mm-hmm. played the the stereotypical character. Like you talked about making fun of yourself. Nathan Lane is doing that. He's making fun of, of you know, his his group that yeah, you know, and he did, they did it in Modern Family too. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the same concept. You have it is. the you know the the heterosexual actor playing the more flamboyant of yeah. the gay couple. I, I just think that it it kind of it's so funny because the the progression of of the film to me is like 
everyone's fucked up in the movie. Every, every, yeah. Everyone's yeah. just Except as fucked up. Except for Barbara. I want more Barbara. I loved Callista Flockhart. All she did was like eye movement. Yeah, she did. And then she's like, well, oh, I'm going to go help you. Have My you ever seen Allie McBeal? Yes, that's her. That show is, have you ever have seen not. it? The show became, that, that show became because of this. Yeah. Yeah, and also really helped uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s career oh, resurrect so it because he, yeah, he, he was fantastic. going pretty bad at that time. So two, two Wan Fu. Right, <laughs> that came in ninety five, nineteen ninety five. Right, but see, that's the same but thing. See, that, I feel like, like we were talking about with something like it hot. That was this was more a movie. I don't know. It's hard to explain it. This was more a subject matter movie. That was yeah. a movie with a element. It wasn't yeah. about the movie. wasn't about like, were they were yeah. they God bless their soul, Patrick Swayze. I think they were thieves. Yeah, that, <laughs> so they, they, dressed, no, they were on the run or something yeah, they like were that. On the run. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. Bosom Buddies kind of thing. Yeah. I think the last part of the film is, is the highlight of the film where everything comes together and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think we have definitely uh, a vehicle for Robin Williams and Nathan Lane to really I mean, be, com- be comedic. I think Robin that, Williams, man. He was just, I mean. 96, he had Jack. He had, oh, Jack. Uh, he had this movie, The Birdcage, and he also had Bicentennial uh, Man? Aladdin. Oh, just kidding. Oh, Aladdin. Oh, and then 97, Good Will Hunting. Like the '90s was owned by Robin, but that's what I'm saying, bro. Like I think this movie was that vehicle was for him risk. to actually to take that risk and do movies. Like you know, it was preparing him to get to that next role where he actually won an Academy Award. And Patch Adams, that what a funny. What movie. did he win an Academy Award for? Goodwill other Hunting, than, other than Goodwill, is that it? No, just that's that it. was it. That was it. Nobody know, got the joke, and we didn't really talk. Patch Adams, a funny movie. No, it was funny. It, it was not funny. No, was no, it, well, no well, remember Awakening? Aladdin was ninety-two. Oh. No, you remember where, yes. what, what, what dreams can come from, or what dreams oh, came what from? Dream, what dreams may come. Yeah. yeah. So let me tell yeah. you. Let me just Ooh. tell you about a little vehicle that Robin Williams was in that was fantastic. Uh, it was a movie called Dead Again with Kenneth Branagh. Yep. Uh, Ninety-one. And he played a little little part. I think it might have been a homeless man. And he was so fantastic. That was a great movie. You, if anyone, that is the most, like, we talk about underrated movies. That movie is like an underrated gem hidden amongst. You always talk about that movie every season, by the way. I, I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. But I, love, I, I, I love the movie. It's got, it's got what's his name? You uh, can't go wrong with Kenneth. Kenneth Bronick. It's got um, his, his then wife. I thought it was Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Yeah. Um, and then Andy nerd? Garcia, no, Derek Jacoby or Jacoby. Uh, oh, it was so good. It was such a good movie. And then Robin Williams. And Robin Williams. <laughs> That's true. Bringing yeah. us back to this movie. Yes. That brings us to the end of our review. Now it's time in the podcast where each of the hosts provides his score on the following scale. Eddie, ah. when you have oh. a second, please oh. provide yeah. our say, following scale. I say as in like, I don't know what to say. Uh, I think you still messed up on this. No, it's on the next. It's on the. There's other a page. zero on one page, and then the Where one, two, it? three, four, Where five. It's on page well, three. Here, here oh. you can just have zero. Yeah, you're right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> there. Why would you not do that? Why you just put it? Put one because more I enter. just push print. Enter one yeah. more time. Okay, zero, the perfect movie. You don't need shit to enjoy Go it. Go to the next page. One, a filled good first cocktail. <laughs> two, a happy buzz. Three, on the Uber or lifting home. Four, a rough morning or watch of shame. Five, blackout, shit face, spring break, drunk. <sighs> What's gonna happen? When we don't do spring break anymore. Like we, we should move can on. Can we do that. fall break? I don't know. Well, we can do Panama summer break. City. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, uh, Palm Beach. Palm Beach drunk. Blackout. Shit face. Spring Palm break Beach drunk. drunk. Palm Beach drunk. Palm Beach drunk. Uh, gentlemen, let's start with Brandon. Oh, this is a tough one because I have no score. Um, I like that. written down. <clears throat> wow, I, you so, you usually pre-write your. Oh, scores. here's what it was. Up until season three began, I had my scores, and damned if I do, and damned if I won't yeah, ever change like, those. This is a one. I would be like showing it off. This to you. is a shit five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I leave it blank, and I let you guys talk me one way or the other. Because to be honest, I'm, I'm going to be fair. There were three parts of this movie that just bothered. Three aspects of the movie, and I, I talked about them. Development of Barbara, um, especially Barbara, but also just the senator, his character, uh, the relationship between Armand and and, um, and Albert, and then the ending. Those three things kind of just really frustrated me. Um, and I still think that though I, I we talked about it and you guys have talked me into being a little bit more accepting of it, it's still really frustrating that, uh, that we didn't have a little bit more character development. And for a two-hour movie, I think that we could have squeezed some more of that in. It was two hours. In, in a little bit. Fussy, fussy, fussy. <laughs> Yeah, right. right, is that if we took some, and I know this is kind of a maybe a negative thing to say, is if we took some of the outward jokes and just you know reaching just for the humor, and we gave a little bit more time to the character development, I would have liked that a little bit more. So I came in, I was thinking, you know, it's, 
It's going to be in the mid-range score. Um, I do see the maybe cultural rele- relevance of it uh, and the historical relevance of it. And so for that, I want to bump it up uh, to what I was thinking. So um, I'm, I'm not, I don't think it's a, a great movie. I think it is not as influential a movie as other movies. But at the same time, I think it's a really good one. It's fun. I don't feel like I would ever not want to see this one again if it's on. So I'm going to go with a two and a half. Um, I think a two and a half is... is yes, Eddie. I will definitely... Um, Go two and a half. So, Ed, because you're a piece of shit, let's go ahead and see what you so have to say. You're going to add happy buzz with a shot. Yeah. Say it correctly, yeah. please. I would like to have a happy buzz with an extra shot to make me feel a little bit better in the morning. It's all it's going to take for you. And you know what? If you keep at it, <laughs> yes. we're going to have a Bloody Mary in the morning, too. I hate, uh, also, I, I just want to throw this out there. Before. Step up to the mic. You want some fruit punch <laughs> oh, and Jesus. mashed potatoes? Where's this going? Where's that from? Oh my god! I don't I'm guessing know. a Will Ferrell movie. <laughs> Let me just say, Eddie, you, and to everybody, you gave your story. I am willing. No, yes. no, this is, you're going to appreciate this. I am willing yes. to revisit Michael Myers with the new upcoming Halloween movie that's that's, that's happening I'm not. this year. Move on. Here we go. No, no, no. no, 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 no. We actually you, did a post on Instagram, and by the way, it's 78% said please. Oh my god! Review that. For I don't. Me. I actually your, answered that and said no. I don't. You bo- said no. He was, no. Like, he was like one of the fierce. <laughs> I was like, I was a no. People. I was a no as well. Do why? You guys can't skew the score numbers. You guys can't skew it. Fake news. Keep going, Eddie. I missed wow. that. No, I don't. Not a bit. All right. So Take this movie, this movie is very hilarious, and it does put Robin Williams. It, it just r- wraps up his his little movie like uh, the '90s with Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. It brought him out of nowhere. Like I wasn't really expecting. I didn't know him that well until this movie. Um, uh, this movie, I do see it as very funny, but I, I kind of agree with Brandon. Like. There, there's. I know it doesn't happen often, oh, the hell. but I wish there was a little bit more character development with Val and Barbara. Uh, I wish Gene Hackman wasn't so much uh, a dick half the times, but he was funny. The very end of the movie is what I was looking forward to the whole time was with and not because it was. He kind of redeems himself a little bit in the end. He does. I I didn't like how. I mean, I did like how. I guess he was a good senator because he was like everyone just believes the headlines and they don't really know the people. It's kind of like. Nowadays, uh, everyone just reads headlines. They don't read the facts. They don't read the facts. They don't even look for the facts. And facts are just all fake facts. So, but like, I mean, this brought back good feeling movies like of the '90s. This was a good '90s movie. It kicked us off. It kicked us off really well. Yeah, Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, God, Brandon, you just always overtalk me. God, but like, do I? Do I? Do I? Do I? Do I think it's one of my funnier movies that I would like to watch? No. But it doesn't mean it doesn't make it less, you know, overall, it's just something that I would enjoy the watch. I enjoy the watch right now. But overall, it's not my first top five go-to movies. But it's up there with, it's definitely has its own little footprint in movie cinema. Uh, I'm going to give this movie a happy buzz with a little over a quarter of a shot. So 2.37, three, 2.35. <laughs> you can't do that. I did that we for did Goonies. That last, Stop. Last time. Sorry. <laughs> a couple times ago we did that. You open up a door, my friend, and <laughs> everyone's going to take advantage 2. of that 2. one. 2.35? Yes. 2. It's underneath. It's You're not full shot. You're just making the math hard for yourself. Yeah, Can right? I get a 2.347643? 2.35. So it's a better story than Brandon, because I don't agree with how Brandon stored it, but I'm a little bit better. <laughs> Jer, what you got? Uh, the Birdcage, I feel, represents the 90s in the best way, man. Like, I think it's one of those movies that Brandon said that he doesn't feel like this movie really is, um, what you call it, like a culture type of film that might have paved way for other films. That's a footprint. I think I disagree with that because I think I it was something that. I did say no, no, I think it's just a movie that I think shot was done beautifully done and portrayed by robin williams and nathan lane as i think you're seeing two people like you know being fearless in a role that you know at a time that it was very taboo to do something like that and you got to give praise and you got to give respect for that film i think every actor in this film is fantastic i think the dialogue and the writing is like just top notch i think the first half of the film is a little slow i think the second half of the film is a way better film and I kind of I agree with Brandon on this. I wish I had more of an ending because it was just like, okay, that's it. We got out of the club and whatnot, but shit, what happens afterwards? And I would have liked the wedding more. wasn't enough. Yeah, I just wanted more uh, situations and whatnot. You know, <laughs> at the whole time I was just so upset with Val and how he was and how he was ashamed. But then it was a different time at that time. You know, that's how it was. And I like how he came full circle at the end of the movie. 
Um, it's not the funniest movie, and it's not the greatest movie in the world, but it's a good movie that I think people should watch and pay respect to it. So I think it's uh, I am a happy buzz with this film. It's a two for me here. Do you want to add any inconsequential no, 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 no. numbers no, after that? I'm just going to go with my two Point. drinks here and be happy about that. Rookie story. Glup, glup. <laughs> Hold numbers. Sean. Ah, so, 8675309. Oh, that's a good song. Ah, 8675309. Real quick, has anybody ever actually called? I mean, everybody's called that number at some point. I've never had. Never have. We're doing it next. <laughs> we'll have a happy so, buzz with it. So this is my movie. I, I picked it uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, because I grew up with it. Number two is because I remember it being hysterically funny. Um, but I think that it also like our mandate on the podcast is that we pick movies, we review movies that have impacted film. And I do think that this movie fits into that criteria. This movie has impacted film in a positive way. Uh, I think Robin Williams, it was one of his better comedic performances that didn't bother me. And that is a personal opinion because I, I, like I said with him, Jim Carrey with Steve Martin, uh, even with Will Ferrell, I think that I get tired of their performance over the course of the film. I would say underrated too. Yes. And very underrated. Like, I mean, my favorite Will Ferrell movie is stranger than fiction. There's, there's no great movie out there. So from this movie's perspective, I think the writing is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think it's sharp. It's quick. It's, it's, it's back and forth. The parent tablets, the, uh, the back and forth between, uh, uh, Hank Azaria and, and the rest of the cast is is great. When at the end of the movie, when Gene Hackman asks, he says, I don't really drink. <laughs> Now's the time to pretend. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's quick and it's if it, it, you'll miss it if you're not really watching this movie. And I think there's a couple of layers. You can watch this movie many times. And to me, this movie kind of took what Seinfeld did and blew it up in, in a kind of a different way, which has made made dialogue and the playoff words and the playoff feelings situations, situations yeah. so funny. And uh, I agree with you, Brandon. I think that the characters were underdeveloped. I think today they'd have beat you over the head with the character development and it would have been an unwatchable movie. Um, so I, it's hard for me to punish the story because of something that I think today would have destroyed the story. I have not rated it yet, so don't, don't start with your... Come on, I'm trying to just do the math, bro. I also am looking at our list, and I'm looking at movies that are... I, I do, I do. I look at where it, where it should fall on our list, and I'm not trying to influence the score. Like, for me, I think this movie's above average. I don't think it's one of the greatest movies ever made. I will no. never say that. Yeah. But I do think that it's an above average movie, so I'm tempted to give it a two, and I think that I should give it a 2.15, because Eddie... <laughs> Jesus... <laughs> You like my 2.35, huh? You like it? Well, no, I just canceled it out with my 2.15. This will never, ever... 2.15? Well, I see what yeah. you did there. That's a 2.5. <laughs> oh, look at that. And I think, I think that's it's it's a little better than average. So an average on our, school, on our scale would be a 2.5. Uh, so it's above average film. And 2.15? Yeah. Okay. He's a bastard. And I think that this this movie will, will be right in the middle of kind of good average movies. You know what it won't be in the middle of? Point Break, because Point Break sucks. Well, I already got my point break. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I was gonna say a Brian Cox movie because they're all really high. There's no reason to bring point break in so every. So if we if we add though. all the scores together, Ed, and divide by four, what does the you bird cage give us? I did my, my math was bad. So I'm really banking on you right <laughs> oh, now. Let's try it again. I was over like seven point two. What? I missed. I missed something. What did I miss? Uh, it's, it, it makes us a two point two five. And Brandon, on our scale of, I'm sorry. Jeremiah? Jer, Jer's going to take this. Jer. Yeah, he always takes it. This is him. This is me. Well, I know, but him. you wrote the numbers on the side of your page. I got it. Okay. Oh, okay. So, Jeremiah, uh, when we take that, what was that score, Ed? 2.25. When we take that 2.25, <laughs> where does that put us on our list of the films that we've reviewed? It actually ties in uh, our 23 spot with... A lot of other films. <laughs> Tombstone, 2.25. Christmas Vacation, 2.25. Twilight, 2.25. Black Panther, 2.25. Wakanda Forever. I, I'm seeing and, somebody and behind like it is Christmas Hocus Vacation. Pocus. Christmas Vacation and, and Twilight. Um, I didn't have a say in those because those would not be 2.25. In front of it, in front of it is Quiet Place, Watchmen, and Junies. So, yeah. I, I really think this is a good spot for it. I think it, I think it is. Yeah. Jeremiah, yeah. are you happy with that? I'm, I'm really happy because 2.25, I mean, it's with Tombstone and... I feel like that's the, know, the good story well, of a good movie, two average, like above movie, movie. Like, like. Well, 2.25 is just above average. I mean, that's yeah. where it should be. All those movies are just above average. So what we're saying is hashtag 23. 23 and me. 23 uh, 
What Ingredients in, in Dr. What? Pepper? I don't what? know what. I don't know what. I, I, that what? went over my head too. Yeah. 23. Number 23. <laughs> 23. 23. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Jeremiah, what do we have up next week on our list of movies that we're reviewing? Our second entry into the 90s? I believe this is going to be Eddie's pick. Eddie's pick? Eddie. Eddie decided to go with a hardcore end of the world type of a movie of the late Independence 90s. Day, we've already done that. Oh, no, 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 oh, no, 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 my no. friend. This is actually. Independence Day 2. Deep Impact? With Michael Bay. Oh, oh, oh. you see what I did right there? Go for Liv it. Tyler, bro. Ben Affleck. Bruce Willis. I you mean Ben I Affleck could, in a 90s I could, without I could Matt sing Damon. the song right now. I can but stay awake. Just to see you breathe. Armageddon. Armageddon. With Armageddon. Bi- Armageddon. Be the next ready 90s film. Armageddon ready for it. I literally forgot this was a Michael Bay film. I'm super excited. Is it Jerry Bruckheimer film, Michael Bay? It's really hard finding this movie to watch too. I'm not gonna lie. See, oh, you can borrow mine. Steve oh, Buscemi. I'm super oh. excited about that. I had Michael the best. Clark, I had the best Clark, scene in the house. Michael Clark Duncan. So can you please get off the <laughs> rocket or the nuke, the nuclear <laughs> yeah. missile? All right. If you enjoyed our review or a fan of the podcast, we ask that you please subscribe wherever you're listening. It's very important that you give us a five star review on iTunes and please give us a physical review wherever you're listening. Jeremiah, we just added another. Uh, place to listen. We're on, you know, obviously iHeartRadio, uh, Pandora, Podcast Network, but there was one more that you just, we just added. Uh, we just added, I believe, Pandora, which is pretty oh, awesome. Pandora, actually. okay, I'm sorry. That yeah. is pretty awesome because now people go, oh, wait, you can actually find our podcast on Pandora, which was really hard Took a couple a, years ago. It like a two-year <laughs> program, two-year. So we're definitely growing, but we really appreciate every listener, and we want you to really focus on telling one person about our podcast and help us grow one person one person and just say oh you pick a movie and say do you like this movie and go watch that or listen to that one I will podcast. always recommend Garden we, State we, we had one we had one uh, one fan email us about 310 to Yuma because apparently nobody does that movie on a podcast who does that and one? she was super excited about the fact that we had reviewed that mo- that that podcast and it led her into or that movie and we, it led her into like listening to six or seven other ones you, you can email you? us at hosts at the gentleman podcast.com you can visit us on instagram at at the dot gentleman podcast um i know every week i suck i'm sorry every other week now (laughs) anyway thanks for listening and we will see you uh and just remember we are family family (laughs) cheers Yeah, so I think that was a good one. I, you know, best one, maybe not, but uh, that was a really good one. I like it. I need another drink. I need you to make me one. <laughs> <laughs>